This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, who's the head of the church, I thank you for this moment. I thank you for this opportunity that this day brings. Father, I thank you for bringing us together. And you promise that when we come together that you are in the midst. And I thank you that you're in the midst to bless. Thank you that this word will not only challenge us, but this word will transform us to become more like you. And I pray that we have ears to hear and a heart to receive and a will to execute. And Father, may your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I thank you, Father, that you're with me. And Holy Spirit, you must increase, but I must decrease. I thank you that you flow through me. I thank you that I speak with the oracles of God. That is you and not me. And I thank you for all these blessings in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, good evening. Um, I have the privilege and the opportunity. Thank you, Pastor Kathy. This is an honor to be here and be up here to give a word that I received from the Holy Spirit. It's definitely an honor. So thank you, Pastor Kathy and the staff here. Uh, Welcome to the School of Word and Worship. Uh, Thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you for those that are joining online. Uh, We welcome you. We're going to continue our course, our module, our series, whatever you want to call it, in the Holy Spirit. So I hope you guys are excited. I wasn't going to share this, but I'm going to go ahead and share it. I feel led to share this. Yesterday... um, Probably around 4.30, just all of a sudden this attack came on me out of nowhere. And I know it's nothing but the enemy stopping me from doing what I'm doing tonight. And this attack came like my wrist. You should have saw my wrist yesterday in my hand. My wife would tell you that it was swollen. I couldn't even move my wrist. So I'm not sure how it happened. I took my dogs out on the walk and I came back. And I was like, they, my wrist is like excruciating pain. I couldn't even bend it. It was hurting that bad. But she got some ice and uh, she put a wrap on it. And I just went down to the basement. I began to pray. And as I was praying, the Lord said that I will, hear, I, I will heal you. And so I just took that and I just, just sat there. And I laid uh, on the futon and I just laid there in his presence. And today I stand before you, no pain in my wrist. But God. But God. So if there's anything ailing you tonight, raise your hands. I'm going to pray over you right now. So Father, I just thank you right now that you are Jehovah Rapha. That there is nothing too hard for you. And I come in the authority of that name above every name. 
and I curse any sickness, any disease, any pain. It must flee. It must bow at that name. Because there's authority in that name and there's power in that name. So, Father, I thank you right now that whatever is hindering your people this evening, I curse it right now, the name that's above every name. And I release healing. I release peace. I thank you for it, Father. For you are the healer. And I thank you, just like you healed my wrist, I thank you that whatever they're going through, that you're able to heal their needs. And Father, let it be unto them according to their faith. In the name that's above every name. If you agree with that prayer, give him a shout of praise. Glory. Glory. All right. I said I'm going to be calm. I'm just going to just teach. That's it. So the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is my BFF. So the Holy Spirit is the most important person. And notice I said person. It's the most important person on the face of the earth. The Holy Spirit is more important than all the psychologists put together. The Holy Spirit is more important than all the... Oh, I'm sorry. He's more important than all the, um, the wisdom in all our professors in all the university. That's right. That's good. He's more important than all the knowledge that we have in all of our libraries. Wow, the Holy Spirit is the most important person. And so tonight, I want to talk about the Holy Spirit. So the Old Testament is seen as the work of the Father. The New Testament is seen as the work of the Son, but in our present day, it is the work of the Holy Spirit day. So as I go through this message that the Holy Spirit has given me, sorry. So two weeks ago, Pastor Babette, she talked about intimacy with the Holy Spirit. And she led us through some questions, and we asked the Holy Spirit about these questions. And some might have received a response, and some might have got it later. Last week, Pastor Kathy talked about the reason for learning about the Holy Spirit. It's not so we can get it right or live a proper Christian life, air quotes. It's so we are able to grasp living in God with Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit. And so this evening, I want to talk to you about the helper, the Holy Spirit. But more importantly, I want to talk about how does the helper help us? So that's what I want to talk about. How does the helper help us? Are you ready? All right, here we go. So in 2000, uh, when I was living and working in uh, San Diego, uh, after work one evening, uh, me and two other guys uh, we were going on a bike ride. And if you lived in San Diego, the weather there is beautiful. I mean, it's nice year-round. There's no ACs. Uh, I didn't know that. Air conditioners. I didn't know that. Um, but it's, the weather is amazing. And so we're going on this bike ride. And as we're coming down this hill, we can see the, the base, the gates and stuff like that. As we're coming down this hill, there's a sharp curve to the left. And as we're coming down, it's me and another guy side by side. And there's a guy trailing us in the rear. 
And as we're coming around this curve, our bikes collide. And I don't remember anything from that. I blacked out. I just remember sitting upright on the curve. Uh, I know there was nobody but God. Um, but I remember calling my girlfriend at the time, which is now my wife. It's uh, <clears throat> like, Bay, I just had an accident. Can you come pick me up? And, of course, she's like, what happened? She wants to know all the details. I'm like, just come pick me up. I told her where I was. And uh, she came. And by that time she got there, I was already in the ambulance. And they was going to take me to the hospital. And uh, I just had, like, road rash. I had gravels in my arm. And I think uh, on this side of my leg, there's no feeling in my uh, the side of my leg. But I say all of that to say this. At that time, uh, after I was, came home and everything, I needed a helper. I could not help myself. So my wife was my helper. So just like in the natural when I needed a helper, just like in the natural when you need someone to help you wash dishes, when you need someone to help you put up a tent, when you need somebody to help you fold clothes, when you need somebody to help you on your vehicle, just like in the natural, we need a helper. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to be for us. He wants to be that helper, but we have to depend and trust in him. My two favorite words is trust and obey. Trust and obey. <clears throat> so I want to ask you a question. Has there been a situation in your life that you needed a helper? Has there been a situation in your life where you needed a helper? So there are three ways, and I'm sure there are many more, that the helper gave me regarding how he helps us. But before we discuss those, there's three ways, um, those three ways, let's look at some scriptures that talk about the helper. So let's go to John 14, 16. <clears throat> and I'm a big fan of the King James Version. I know a lot of people like the Passion. I'm sorry. I'm just, a, I'm just a King James kind of guy. I like the New King James uh, Version. So um, with the New King James Version in John 14, 16, it reads, now we're discussing scriptures that talks about the helper. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. That word helper is paraclete, or another um, word is advocate. It means one call to the side of another. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit came upon men at various times, and then he left. But now the Holy Spirit comes and he remains forever. Another scripture is John fourteen twenty six, And it says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, which reclaims the third person of the Godhead, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. So this tells me that we're not supposed to memorize scripture. Because it's the Holy Spirit's job to bring it back to your remembrance. But we do have a part to play. And our part is to get the scripture on the inside. So if we're not reading this word, how is the Holy Spirit supposed to bring it to our remembrance? So we have to, so we have to get that word on the inside in order for the helper to bring it back to our remembrance. Another scripture uh, we're going to go to is John fifteen twenty six. 
And it says, but when the helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the father, the spirit of truth, who proceeds from the father, he will testify of me. Here the Lord says that he will send the spirit from the father. And in John 14, 16, which we just read, it said the father was the one who sent the spirit. So the last scripture is John 16, 7. Again, we're talking about the helper, how he helps us. It says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. The Holy Spirit has been in the world before this, but he was coming in a new way to convict those Uh, convict the world and to minister to the redeemed. So those were four scriptures that we talk about the helper. So now we're going to look at some scriptures regarding the helper and the three ways how he helps us. So there's three points. So my first point is the helper helps us in prayer. And we're going to look at Romans 8, 26 through 28. And it says, likewise, the spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Let us remember that while prayer is directed to, to God, It is not to be directing God. Verse 27. Now he who searches the hearts know what the mind of the spirit is, what the spirit wants to do and not what we want to do. Because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So understand this. Prayer is not getting my will done in heaven. Prayer is getting God's will done on earth. And once you do verse 26 and 27, then you can shout on verse 28. It says, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. You see, it's not something that we have to learn. It's something the spirit witness in our hearts. So I'm going to give you an example. My background, I I grew up uh, Baptist, which I'm very thankful for my upbringing Uh, I learned a lot. Uh, I got saved when I was 10 years old. Um, But when I met my wife, uh, she grew up in a word of faith church. And so when we're deciding on which church to go to, you can already tell where I'm going with this. Uh, You guys know who already won, right? (laughs) The Bible talks about, you know, having a wife is a a wise man, right? I'm wise. So um, she said that uh, she's like we're gonna go to this church it's word of faith church she's like just try it out you'll like it or whatever so we go I go there my first time going to this church I walk in and probably after a few minutes I'm there I'm like looking for the exit (laughs) because I wasn't used to that remember I grew up in a Baptist environment I wasn't used to that I wasn't exposed to that but after going a couple of more times it began to grow on me. 
And then we left San Diego. We went to Texas. We went to another Word of Faith church. We left Texas. We came to Virginia. Went to another Word of Faith church. And it seemed like all the churches had something similar. I noticed power. And I wanted that. And I remember one night laying in the bed and I was talking to my wife about it because I wasn't filled with the spirit. And I was talking to my wife about it. And she asked me a question, just like Pastor Babette got filled in her bed. Same thing. I asked my wife, like, yes, I want it. And so she's like, she led me in this prayer. It was not like I got hit across the head. It was nothing like that. I just said this prayer. I received this prayer. And I remember going downstairs in the basement and I just started praying. And as I went down to the basement, I started praying. I was praying in my natural language. Then some words would come up and I'll stop. Then I'll start again. I start praying. And then some words would come up and I'll stop. Then I went upstairs like, Bay, what is this? <laughs> I'm praying, but words are coming up. She's like, that's it. That's it. You got it. You got it. Keep going. Keep going. And so every night I go down there and I practice and words would come up. Words would come up. Words would come up. So that's how I got filled with the spirit. My lovely bride. So this quote here, the spirit that lives in you is greater than the spirit of the world. The Bible says the greater is he that is in us than he is in the world. Listen to this, this quote right here. It says the Christian who neglects the Holy Spirit is like a lamp that's not plugged in. <laughs> that means it's useless. So an example here, I'm going to give you another example. I remember laying in the bed one night. Um, it was probably about two or three in the morning. And my wife and I were laying in the bed. And all of a sudden, my sister and I, we called each other these nicknames. And I remember laying in the bed and I hear this audible voice. And it called my sister name. And I rolled over and I was like, babe, did you call me? Because her and I used the same nickname. I was like, babe, did you call me? And she was like, no. And I was like, did you hear that? And she's like, yes, I heard that. And so immediately... I knew that the Holy Spirit was directing me to start praying for my sister. I didn't know what the situation was. I didn't know what the circumstance was, but I began to pray. And so I rolled over and I began to pray for her, not knowing the situation. And then that next morning, uh, I talked to her and I was like, what were you doing around two or three in the morning? She was like, I couldn't sleep. Something was bothering me and blah, blah, blah. And so the Holy Spirit was directing me. She's in Alabama and I'm here in Virginia. And the Holy Spirit led me to intercede on her behalf. And that's what he wants to do for you all. But you have to trust and obey. Listen to this quote. It says, you might as well try to see without eyes, hear without ears, or breathe without lungs as you try to live the Christian life without the Holy Spirit. (laughs) In Jude 120, it says, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Back in 2007, I was at a Thanksgiving party. I had just got to this job. It was in Quantico. And I had got there in April and only been there, what, seven months from April to Thanksgiving. And... um, they was having this Thanksgiving party, but they needed somebody to do the invocation. And so I'm like, nope, I'm not doing it. <laughs> and so uh, yeah, immediately, nope, I'm not doing it. And, but the Holy Spirit dealt with me. 
yes, do it. And so uh, I went to this lady that was over this party, and I was like, yeah, I'll do it. And so uh, the day came, and I'm standing outside. They're going to introduce me to say the prayer. I'm like, oh, man, can I back out now? <laughs> but uh, so I go up, and uh, I begin to pray. And I don't remember anything else after I said, in, in the name of Jesus, I don't remember anything else. But after that prayer, people came up to me. It's like, that was an awesome prayer. That was a great prayer. We know who the person is going to be for our next Thanksgiving. But it wasn't me. I yielded to the Holy Spirit. I allowed him to pray through me. Because I didn't know how to pray as I ought. But I allowed him to pray through me. So that first point was... He helps us in prayer. So my next point is how the Holy Spirit helps us. He helps us in truth. He helps us in truth. So John sixteen thirteen. It says, however, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. You know, we should desire the truth even if it rubs us the wrong way. Even if it rubs us the wrong way, we should always desire truth. The Holy Spirit empowers us. He gives us strength and equips us with boldness to speak the truth. I remember growing up in, uh, when I was in high school, I wasn't an A student. I wasn't an A and B student. I wasn't even a C student. Um, <clears throat> I struggled through high school because I wasn't applying myself. And through high school, people thought that I wouldn't amount to anything because my older sister, she was the one that was smarter. She was the one that making a good grade. She was the one that's, that was in athletics. She was the, the most popular one. But I was looked down as like, okay, he's not going to amount to anything. But if I would have believed those lies, I wouldn't be here today. But I remember I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So the Holy Spirit that I have living inside of me told me, hey, that he has a plan. He has a purpose for me. That's right. And so I have to trust and obey. That's right. And I wrote this down, and I heard someone say this. The spirit of truth knows the truth about you. If you want to know the true information about you, don't get it from your mother, your father, your sister, your brother, your cousin, your aunt, your teacher, or books. Get it from the spirit of truth. Over in Acts 9, 1 through 6, we're talking about truth here. Paul on the road to Damascus. This guy was, was rambunctious. He was hurting Christians. And I remember on, on the road it says that on his way to Damascus, Jesus asked him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? 
In verse 6, it says, so he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? So that day, Paul received truth. He wasn't supposed to continue living like he was living. He received truth. He received revelation. The Holy Spirit enables the believer to discern between truth and error. And so that day, Paul, Paul received truth. I have a quote here. We are not called to shine our own light. We are called to reflect his light. And so Paul began to reflect Christ's light. It was no longer him showing his light. The Bible says you should know the truth and the truth should set you free. So he was freed from that. I remember going through uh, Marine Corps training. My friend over here on the front row, he knows exactly what I'm talking about. Um, it was tough training, very tough. And if I would have listened to some of those drill instructors, <laughs> what they said about me, but I just pushed that in the back because I knew it wasn't truth. I mean, I, I graduated with walking pneumonia. I was so desperate to get out of there. But I got a hold of a truth because I knew where I was headed. I wasn't going to allow the people that was in front of me to stop me from where I was going. And that was truth that I received because I am more than a conqueror. I like this verse right here. It says, 1 Corinthians 2.9, it says, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. What things has God revealed to you through the Holy Spirit? And are you walking those things out? We must get our information from the truth. We must get our information from the helper. He wants to help us. That's his job. That's why he's, he's here. That's why he's in you. To direct you, to lead you, to guide you. <clears throat> so we've talked about how the helper helps us in prayer and in truth. Let's discuss this last point where it says, the helper helps us in being our guide. Sorry. Yeah. Catch. So he helps us in being our guide. Still? Okay. All right, let's go to John fourteen seventeen. And New King James. And it says, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. And so this quote right here I have written down, it says, do not ask the Holy Spirit to guide your footsteps if you're not willing to move your feet. 
remember when I worked at the Pentagon. Um, I worked there three years. And every day they have these, uh, these tour guides. Remember we're talking about guide here. The Holy Spirit is our guide. And if you've ever been to the, the Pentagon, you'll see these tour guides. And they, have to, uh, they go through some training. And as they're going through this training, uh, they have to practice giving a tour of the Pentagon backwards. And so as you, you walk through the Pentagon, you'll see these tour guides. They're walking backwards like this, giving a tour of the Pentagon. They're talking while they're watching the people because they have to watch the people. But they're walking around the Pentagon just like this backwards. They can't see behind them. They're walking just like this because they practice that. So I use that example because in life, we don't know what's coming against us. We don't know what's ahead of us. We don't know what's behind us. We don't know what's to our left, to our right. But we have a guide. And that guide is the Holy Spirit. But do we trust him to guide us? Just like those tour guides are walking backwards, giving a tour, not even knowing what's behind them. But they've practiced. They've practiced doing that. And so we have to practice in our secret time. And I've learned if you practice in private, you become proficient in public. But you have to practice. In John 4, 3 uh, through 26, it talks about Jesus leaving Judea and departing again to Galilee. So from Judea to Galilee is 78 miles that Jesus traveled. And on his way, he's led by the Spirit to go to Samaria. The Bible says that he needed to go there. He was led by the Spirit to go there because the Holy Spirit knew that that town, that city needed to be saved. And so just like Jesus was led by the Spirit to go there, we are led in areas that the Holy Spirit wants to work either in our, cir- in our circles, inner circles, in our families, in our kids, future kids, in our lives. But we have to trust and obey the Holy Spirit, allow him to do the work. We don't always know how to pray or what to pray. I mean, last night when I hurt my wrist, I didn't feel like praying because I was, my mind conscious, I'm thinking about my wrist. I'm not thinking about, oh, I, wanna, I, need, to, I need to be praying. But we need to have people that, are, that we can count on, people we can trust. We need to be able to trust the Holy Spirit to pray, to pray and intercede for us. Um. My experience doing the COVID-19 with the Holy Spirit, I tell you, this has been an amazing journey. I never would have thought I'd been off from work since March 18th. But I tell you, this time that I've had with the Holy Spirit, is, it just increased uh, the relationship, the presence, just knowing him, the intimacy with him, just being able to leave my bed and come down to my basement and just be able to just, uh, Holy Spirit, I'm here. What do you want to do today? And just be able to get in his presence, just be able to, to pray and read and just seek his face. Just like, like that song we sang, we sang, I'm desperate for you. Are you desperate for him? 
Another song we sing is nothing else. Nothing else. You're the only one that matters. In Isaiah 58, 11, it says, The Lord will guide you always. The Lord will guide you always. I remember one night, uh, just before the, the COVID took place, we were still doing offering here on Wednesday nights. And I remember one night I was taking offering, and I was kind of going back and forth before we was getting ready to, uh, to receive the offering. Um, we're still in kind of a worship, was making that transition. And uh, I said, someone in the sanctuary is dealing with heaviness. And I said, I was walking right here and I heard in my spirit, man, the Holy Spirit said, someone's dealing with heaviness. And after the service, this lady came up to me and my wife was right there. She's like, you remember when you said that? She's like, that was me. She said, I've had a bad day. She said, I just lost one of my loved ones, and I was late getting here. But the Holy Spirit will download stuff in you to be a blessing to other people, to your brothers and sisters, to lift them up or to give them an encouraging word. But you have to spend that time. You have to get in his presence. It's all about relationships. Just like I love my wife, I want to spend time with her, but, hey, he's more important. He's more important. Sorry, babe. <laughs> um, another example, I remember walking my dogs one day. And as I'm walking my dogs, uh, I remember just as clear as day, the Holy Spirit told me that just like you're walking these dogs and you have them on these leashes and you, t- you move the leash and they go here, you move the leash, they go here. He said, that's how I'm going to direct your life. I'm going to tell you where to go this way. I'm going to tell you to go this way. It's like, I'm going to direct you just like you're directing your dogs. I'm going to direct your life the same way. And that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do for you all. He wants to direct your, your path. He wants to lead you into truth because he knows what's ahead. That's right. yeah. You have to trust him. Colossians 3.14 said, most of all, let love guard your life. Let love guard your life. <clears throat> so this evening we talked about the helper and how the help and how he helps us in prayer, in truth, and in being our God. So if Jesus needed the Holy Spirit, don't you think you need him as well? Or if we didn't need the Holy Spirit, he wouldn't have sent them. The helper is the key. This point blank, the helper is the key. And as long as you have breath in your lungs, there's a future for you. There is a future. The meaning of life is to find your gift. The purpose of life is to give it away. What's your gift? Have you found your gift? Are you seeking the Holy Spirit and asking him, hey, what's my gift? What do you want to do through me? How do you want to use me? Have you found it? The last thing I'll say is this right here. Put the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit first, and you'll never be last. You'll never be last. So, Father, I just thank you for this evening. I thank you for who you are. I thank you for what you're doing in our midst. 
I thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you that you love us so much. I thank you that your word, it challenges, it shapes us, it molds us to be more like you. And Father, as we go from here, I thank you for your mighty angels around every vehicle. That you're prepared the way. That you're working in our lives. Thank you for this word. I thank you that this word, it brings life. That it encourages your people. We love you, Father. We love you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. I bless every person that's here, even the people that's online watching, that they have a future, that their future is bright. and that you're leading, directing their paths, that you know what's ahead. I thank you that they fulfill their purpose, that they reach their destination, and that you're working on their behalf. And I thank you that no evil will befall them. And I thank you that you lead them not into temptation, but you deliver them from the evil one, that they are more than conquerors. They are kingdom citizens. And they, and they are agents of change, that they affect their environment. They do not let the environment affect them, but they affect the environment that they're in. I thank you for working in each and every person. I call them the head and not the tail. I call them above and not beneath. That they're blessed coming and they're blessed going. And the Bible says they're blessed in the city and they're blessed in the fields. That whatever their hands touch, it prospers in the name of Jesus. That there is no lack in their life. But they're coming up. Increase. When the world is running out, kingdom citizens, we're coming up. The Bible says that we go from glory to glory to glory. I thank you that you're working. That we're on God's economy. And that we trust you and that you're working even when we don't even see it, even when we don't even feel it. We know that you're working, that you're working on our behalf. You're working in our midst. We thank you for it, Father, that there is nothing too hard for you, that you are El Shaddai. Thank you, Father, that you are more than enough. And Holy Spirit, we trust you. We thank you that you help us in prayer, that you lead us in truth. And to guide our every footstep that our foot treads. And we trust and we thank you for it in Jesus' wonderful and matchless name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.